Hello, Oregon. It's Friday, May 1st. This is Elliot News with a news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. A new analysis warns Oregon could see a dramatic increase in new coronavirus infections should the state too quickly ease the restrictions imposed to slow the spread of the disease. The Washington State-based Institute for Disease Modeling estimates COVID-19 transmissions decreased 70% in Oregon after Governor Kate Brown issued her aggressive stay-at-home rules in late March. At that rate, the number of people infected with the virus would be expected to decline slowly over the next several weeks. But if the transmission rate increased by as little as 10%, Oregon could see up to 3,500 additional coronavirus infections during that time, according to the study's authors. The Institute's model suggests that up to 9,200 Oregonians have already contracted COVID-19 to date. To avoid a potential surge in COVID-19 cases, the study's authors say Oregon needs to ease its restrictions incrementally. They also suggested the state increase its testing capacity, expand contact tracing, and develop other measures to keep coronavirus transmissions low. The governor's office said Brown plans to hold a press conference on Friday to outline the state's plans for expanding testing and contact tracing. As of Thursday, the new coronavirus had killed 103 Oregonians. Oregon restaurants may be asked to consider keeping customers' names and contact information on file to help contain the spread of the new coronavirus as the state slowly lifts its social distancing restrictions. That's according to a draft version of Governor Kate Brown's reopening plan obtained by the Oregonian and Oregon Live. That guidance might apply not only to restaurants, but to other business sectors, such as retail and salons, according to the records. Details from the draft plan call for restaurants, bars, and breweries to require a minimum of six feet spacing between tables and limit parties to 10 people. The draft guidance would also prohibit self-service operations, including buffets and soda machines. Menus would be single-use, and amenities like pool tables and karaoke machines would be off-limits. Visitors and workers would be strongly encouraged to wear face coverings. High school graduation is going to look very different for the class of 2020. The Oregon Department of Education on Thursday laid out guidelines for what ceremonies should look like this year amid the coronavirus pandemic. Instead of stadium processions and mass mortarboard tosses, state education officials are urging high schools to plan celebrations that ensure attendees can maintain at least six feet of distance between them and limit gatherings to 25 people or fewer. Face masks should be compulsory during in-person ceremonies, the department said. Attendees exhibiting flu-like symptoms should stay home, as should anyone with underlying medical conditions that could make them more vulnerable to the novel coronavirus. State officials offered a handful of ideas for celebrations, such as virtual ceremonies seniors and their families could view from home, or commemorative videos produced by school faculty, staff, and community members. The current school closure order expires June 30th, and education officials say it may be possible to reschedule graduation ceremonies if Governor Kate Brown relaxes social distancing guidelines later in the summer. State transportation officials say Oregon's highway fund will become insolvent by 2024 unless the state takes action to raise cash and cut costs. The State Highway Trust Fund, which had an estimated $3.4 billion in assets budgeted during the current two-year funding cycle, 
pays for freeway maintenance projects, and it funds the salaries and daily operations for the nearly 5,000 state transportation workers across Oregon. No clear solutions have been outlined yet, but a task force is looking at ways to come up with more money to spend, like increasing DMV fees on certain services where the state is losing money presently. It could also automate some permit services to reduce personnel costs and add online services or kiosks to reduce the need for Oregonians to visit the state's 60 DMV offices. Those early proposals from a task force could help cleave $400 million out of what officials estimate could be a $700 million shortfall by 2027 if the state fails to act. A mailer from Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler's re-election campaign touts endorsements from City Commissioner Chloe Udaley and the Portland Timbers, but they say they didn't endorse him. Udaley, who's in the midst of her own re-election campaign, said she's not endorsing anyone. Merritt Paulson, the owner of the Timbers, said on Twitter his personal contribution didn't amount to an endorsement from his pro-soccer team. The mailer also lists an endorsement from Commissioner Amanda Fritz, who hasn't endorsed anyone publicly. A spokesperson for Wheeler's campaign said it was trying to determine what had gone wrong. Wheeler has already been hit with a notice he violated campaign rules by failing to list his top five donors on his campaign's website and social media accounts. His campaign has since listed them. Actors Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis ended up selling more Oregon Pinot Noir in one morning than a lot of Oregon wineries sell in a year. The celebrity couple launched a quarantine wine with the intent of sending the profits to various COVID-19 relief agencies. Presented with a selection of samples, they picked a 2018 Oregon Pinot from Battle Creek Cellars. It went up for sale on the website of Walla Walla, Washington-based Knocking Point Wines. Andrew Harding, the owner of the wine cellar, said 2,000 cases of the wine were sold on the first morning, with two to three orders coming in per second. Sales will benefit the charities America's Food Fund, Direct Relief, Give Directly, and the Frontline Responders Fund. Thanks for listening. For more news, pick up a copy of The Oregonian or go to OregonLive.com. 